Hi, I'm Kyle Gillian, the co-founder of the app Sweetness, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. listening to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. And today is a special episode because uh, we've had a lot of uh, interviews with um, people all around the world. And we, we do tend to focus, um, I guess, uh, understandably quite heavily on Silicon Valley and New York and all the stuff that's going on in the US. But it's with great pleasure that I've managed to attract a guest to the show who is in Costa Rica, Right now, he's living in Costa Rica, and we've uh, managed to avoid the the, the fact that uh, the internet has let, let us down and Skype has let us down, and so we've got uh, Gilbert Corrales. Gilbert Corrales, he's on the telephone from Costa Rica. He is the co-founder of Leaf.fm. Uh, Leaf.fm, and this is how important the show is because the show always goes on. I've managed to secure an uh, an office here in my bank, and uh, I'm doing it from in town this episode. And uh, I just wanted to. I'm so excited about talking to Gilbert and going through all the the journey that he's had with regards to the development of um, his app and and the beta testing. So, Gilbert, it's a warm welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thank you, Paul. It's great. Um, to be here. Wonderful. Well, um, you know, we'd love to know a little bit about you personally and uh, what attracted you into the uh, co-founding your company, Leaf.fm, and attracted you to the, the app the app world. Sure. So I, you know, since I was a little kid, I've always been attracted to arts, you know, uh, doing stuff with my hands, either by painting or playing music or building software, right, since I was about 12 or 11. And at some point, you know, getting out of high school, I had to make a decision, you know, what to do. And, uh, I, you know, having all this interest in making stuff, uh, at that time it was just about when the bubble kind of went burst with, you know, the whole internet stuff and all the computer stuff uh, really attracted to me, and I, I saw that as an opportunity to to continue building and doing stuff that people, other people will will enjoy. And um, and also, you know, I have, I have I have to make a decision whether I will continue to be a musician or not. And you know, being a musician is very difficult getting your music out, especially at that time where you know none of the platforms that exist today uh, were available then. So I, I make up my mind that you know music will will have to go down as a hobby and, and I'll become an engineer. Uh, and, you know, life went on. I've been, you know, lucky enough that um, I started working with Intel uh, here in Costa Rica as a program manager. And, um, you know, within five months, I was relocated to Arizona. And, and from there on, I, I haven't spent more than six months in Costa Rica always traveling and working on new projects. Uh, I have been able to collaborate with companies such as Microsoft on, on big projects and bringing new technology to, to the world. And, um, 
that you know that even moved me to South Korea where I did my masters. Uh, I had the chance with my girlfriend at the time, which is now my wife, to um, create Korea's uh, official mobile um, tourist guide uh, for the country for foreigners, and that was a great experience. Kind of like putting together something, you know, from scratch out of my head. This is amazing, Gilbert. You've been all around the world then. You've you've built an app all around the world and you, you've been to Arizona, you've uh, South Korea. And what led you to Costa Rica then? Why are you now um, doing everything from Costa Rica? Well, you know, it's home. You know, it's uh, regardless, I've been, I've been living, I mean, in, in the U.S., I, I, I've been in Arizona, I've been in L.A., I've been in New York, I've been in Seattle, uh, last time I was in Chicago, um, you know, the, the South Korean trip, which was, you know, about two years, it's, you know, it gives you all this perspective about the world, but, you know, it's, it's never home, you know, home is, is where your family and your friends are. And I, I have great friends here. Uh, the, the human talent that exists in Costa Rica is amazing. No wonder, you know, a lot of the big tech companies exist here. A lot of people think of Costa Rica because of the beautiful beaches and the great people, but uh, it's more than that. You know, uh, up until last year, or uh, you know, our number one export was Intel chips. So, but not a lot of people knows that. You know, and and home is you know where your family is, and and it keeps pushing us here. And so, me and my wife moved back here uh, early last year, and and we thought. You know, it's about time we start doing something of our own. You know, we've been working uh, and collaborating with great companies and great projects. Um, my wife uh, had collaborated before on Grinder, yeah, which is you know one of the most important projects. Yeah, absolutely, that's a huge app as well. So I I know that there's going to be people listening to this episode right now, attracted to the potential of living in Costa Rica and. Uh, building, you know, their apps, uh, becoming indie app developers, because we can do this job from anywhere in the world. I mean, I'm calling you right now from my local bank, but I could be sitting on a beach in Costa Rica, which I think I'd rather be doing. So um, how easy is it to get connected within the community? Um, you know, for example, uh, your ex- English is excellent, but I mean, is is it essential to, um, you know, speak the native language? Do we Is English going to be okay? Costa Rica is a very tourist country. You know, we we welcome tourists. It's not like other countries where where they where they despite the fact that they're tourist attractions, right? But here we are actually very welcoming of of foreign people and especially people that comes with and, and bring something, you know, to give back. Um, of course, I mean, you know, a few Spanish words won't tell you, but you'll learn those as as you arrive. And and those it only shows respect about the people and shows that you want to somehow immerse yourself. But you can go away with English, you know, pretty much everywhere in in the country. Um, the, the, most, the most important thing, Gilbert, is uh, the internet connection. Obviously, it's not a good time to talk about that because it's led us down on this call and we're having to do it via the landline. But what is typically the internet speed like where you are and how reliable is it? I mean, we wish it could be better, right? Uh, it's it's reliable enough, I mean, to, to work. Uh, right now, the problem is that I'm working out of a different office, and, uh, you know, they're, we're, they're moving stuff here, and, you know, they, they, they were supposed to have the internet connection set up by now, but 
that it was not the case. But right now, it's getting a lot better. Uh, the telecom market opened about four years ago, and now, you know, with more competition, uh, you know, there's better service. Um, if you uh, you can you cannot get probably as fast connections that you can get somewhere else. I mean, in, in Korea, I had you know 100 meg uh, link connection in, in in my dorm, right? Um, in Chicago, I had about 50 uh, meg connection. Uh, here, you can get those speeds, but it gets pricey really quick. I mean, you can go with you know like a 15 meg connection at home. And you'll be paying probably, you know, between fifty and a hundred dollars a month. So, but it's not bad. I mean, it's not a kill. I mean, the good thing is that you know there is free Wi-Fi pretty much everywhere. So, uh, you know, if you if you can work out of a coffee uh, place, I mean, you'll be good on doing that. And the other thing is that co-working spaces are becoming more, uh, you know, kind of more prominent and. Uh, it's actually not bad. Um, we actually were working out of a uh, co-working space last week because uh, we were attending a few meetings on the other side of uh, the city, and and, and I, I actually was surprised by the quality of you know, not only the service but the internet and, and the infrastructure available. So, so I mean, it could be uh, it could be better, but it's not bad. I mean, and if you go to the beach, I mean, it's pretty much the same. Costa Rica has a history of of providing you know infrastructure and technology pretty much everywhere in the country so whether you are in a mountain or you are by the beach or you are in the middle of the sea you're probably going to get the same quality of service anyway. okay now you're making me very jealous and you're just rubbing it in now so that you're saying that you can actually build an app uh, whilst you're sitting on the beach and you still get a connection and you could potentially that could be one of the nicest locations i think we've ever uh, you know, a Costa Rican beach that would be amazing to to literally and, and 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 you know a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are inspired by the the independence that becoming a location independent uh, app, yeah. app developer. So your team, your co-founding team, and the people working with you, do you have any uh, Western um, Westerners that uh, come in? How easy is it to get a work visa? You know, it's it's easier than you think. I mean, you can you don't need a visa to come down here initially. And as I mean, this is not official endorsement of anything, right? But I mean, you can come down here. I mean, you can stay for up to between three to six months. And as long as you get out of the country for three days, uh, you can just come back and stay here. I mean, you're actually not working, right? I mean, you because yeah, you're not. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you're just you know, being on your own, right? I mean, you're not making money out of people, you know, here in the country per se, right? So you're not officially working. So you are actually just living. <laughs> and you can live here, you know, for up to three months and then get out, you know, for three days somewhere else. Uh, you can go to Panama if you want, you know, and enjoy the beaches there and then you can just come back. And, uh, you know, and the bus ticket to Panama, it's about, I don't know, 30 bucks. So cheaper than cheaper than fifteen megabyte of d data for a month. <laughs> so that's amazing. So, um, I mean, the opportunities exist. I mean, you know, it's what has let my me and my wife, you know, travel a little bit. Uh, you know, it's funny. Last year we were uh, working for a week out of Ivalo in in Finland. You know, this is like up to almost you know northern Arctic You know, like like towards the North Pole. And it was funny, I mean, there, you know, the sunset is at 1 p.m. And, you know, I was attending meetings with my lawyer in Silicon Valley, uh, you know, just from there, just from the guest house that we were staying. So, 
it's it's nice, you know, to have the freedom. Uh, sometimes, you know, in our case, uh, you cannot just be a nomad because you know we were constantly having meetings with, um, you know, with musicians, with labels, with um, with things like that. But you know, Skype, and sometimes you have to do it, you know, face to face. So you will be traveling right now on Monday. We're moving to UK, the whole team. But you know, it's part of you know the fun. I mean, we started working on this in Costa Rica. We moved to Europe last year. We then come back to Costa Rica. Uh, we spent some time in Panama this year, and now we're moving to the UK. So it's one of those those things that lets you be closer to to where you're. Well, I'm calling you, know, you from the UK, Gilbert. I'm calling you from the UK, so that means that uh, I would love to um, show you our beaches, and and I'm sure you'll be jealous uh, that you can work on our beach. Uh, we've got some lovely beaches. <laughs> it might be uh, it might be like really cold, but. Uh, it, uh, it, and so this is really fascinating. I mean, I, I certainly want to you know, understand more about that. But let's get into the uh, app now, because you have an app sure. that is uh, the, 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 the claims that you can get millions of songs for free. And uh, how's the journey been for you developing this app? And, and, and talk us through that and talk us through the, the beta testing stages that you've been going through. I mean, it's been interesting. Uh, you know, being a musician myself, uh, all four of us are, are, you know, passionate about music. Uh, another co-founder of ours, Danny, uh, he he studied film production in LA, and you know, his his experience and most of his time during the last five years has been working with bands and musicians, shooting their videos or shooting their concerts or doing things like that. So we've been working very closely with musicians, and. You know, one of the things that we started seeing probably a little bit more than a year ago was how the music industry and the whole music scene and technology was moving towards, you know, a place where the musician became a commodity and really not part of the whole business. And, you know, it was somebody else who was taking care, you know, kind of like taking the best part of the the business part, right? And we thought, I mean, this sucks because music is not becoming sustainable and more and more and as these things will evolve, you know, artists will, will have to figure it out in a, a different way to, to survive and, and music most probably will be affected by this. And music has been very important to history of the humankind. You know, at the beginning was the only way that, you know, history will move from one place to the other, right? And and now I mean, yes, it's a business, but it's also part of what we are, you know, as culture and every different uh piece of the world, you know, lives and breathes because of music. And we thought I mean, it's important that we do something about it. So we started thinking, you know, how we can do something about it. I mean, it sounds very romantic, but it, I mean, it's really an issue. I mean, a lot of people, you know, uh, criticizes Spotify and criticizes other services in YouTube and whatnot. But, you know, I mean, it's a business in itself and we have to figure it out how we can do something different. So we thought, how about we start a service from the point of view of a musician? You know, how can we start a service that could actually work for the music industry rather than using them and then being against it? So we start um, talking to to our friends, you know, musicians, and you know, uh, I am a concert geek and I love going to concerts, you know, uh, around the world wherever I am and I have the opportunity. And and through that history, I've been able to make a lot of friends and. 
so we start, you know, putting in a list of all the friends that we have in the music industry, big and small, and we start calling them. And we, what we did is that, you know, we start interviewing them and say, you know, you know, what do you think about this? And what would happen if you had something like this available? And then soon enough, we start realizing that musicians today are more like startups. You know, they need to figure it out a way that they remain um, that they they remain appealing through all time. You know, it's not like before where a band will put out an album and then they will create a schedule of 18 months and then they will release a single, do a video, you know, blah, 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 and then start touring. Right? Nowadays, bands, they need to stay relevant, you know, through all the year. So they have to come up with a content calendar that is 12 months in, you know, and that they continue to be relevant to people. And not only that, they need tools that help them scale. So it's pretty similar to how startups kind of goes in. You know, you need to, you know, first come up with something that keeps you relevant through time and then help you scale and reach more people. And then you have to figure out a way to monetize on that people. So, yeah, let's, let's go through that because, I mean, cl- clearly, I guess one of the challenges is to monetize um, from the perspective of the app and also then how do you, in, you you encourage musicians to give away the music for free? You know, what is interesting is that the giving away the music for free is not the issue, you know, because, and, and we thought, you know, that, that was one of the hypotheses that we had is, you know, it's going to be difficult. You know, it's going to be difficult for people to give out the music for free. But because of the state of the industry right now, they're just used to it. You know, there is no other way. For them, it's, yeah, sure. I mean, I give it out in SoundCloud. I give it out on YouTube. I mean, for me, music now is a marketing tool to monetize some other else, you know, on either concerts or merch or something else. So we, we pretty easily, I mean, pretty soon, you know, in, in the, at the beginning of this, we start seeing patterns. And we saw that music itself was not the issue. The issue becomes when, you know, uh, you're making money out of the streaming of music, like in Spotify's case, right? So artists are not receiving what they should be receiving, or at least what they think they should be receiving. And, and the problem is that, you know, the food chain in the middle, it's pretty huge, and, you know, a lot of people have to eat out of, out of that. But nowadays, with 360 deals, I mean, if you're not getting money out of the music, you're getting money out of anything that a band makes. So if it is a label, or if it is a management house, or if it is anything, I mean, they don't care where the money comes from, you know, as... Uh, you know, you know, Gilbert. I just, I just had a brainwave in that you've, you've, you've just made me realize that podcasting is almost like being a musician in that uh, no one's paying for this content; it's delivered and distributed free. And there are some models that are starting to come up where you can try and um, ask for donations for podcasting and get sponsors, but generally it's free. And then, you know, a lot of the podcasters look towards uh, other methods of monetizing there because they they have an engaged audience and an engaged uh, fan base yeah. almost. And I guess that's similar to what musicians are looking to do. They they, they spread their music and get an engaged uh, following and, and then look to monetize other ways. Exactly. And that's what we're trying to help. So we figured out that, you know, if we could use music as a marketing tool and help musicians monetize in a different way, by giving them analytics of how you know people are listening to their music and how are they engaging with the music, it's not the same as you know a band having a YouTube video there with their music and then just seeing you know the views coming up. You know, uh, it's better if you see that oh there is this 
lad, you know, Paul Kemp, who is in the UK, who has been listening to my son 50 times in the last week. This guy is on fire with my music, you know. So if I push something to him, the chances of converting him are probably a lot higher than if I just push this to random people just because they listen to my music. Yeah. Because and what would you push? I mean, you can push either music. I mean, you can have them. I mean, there is a lot of people that, that likes to buy music. You know, not because there is available in streaming. You, do, you wouldn't like to buy it. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the things that have come up, especially from fans, I mean, is, oh, I like that song. I would like to buy it so I can put it on my iPod shuffle. Or I can put it on my iPod nano so I can take it with me when I'm running. Or I can take it with me when it's offline. Because in our case, we're just, you know, giving the music for streaming. It has to be live streaming. We're not letting them catch or anything like that. Um, so people have this incentive of buying. Uh, but also you can buy, like vinyl is coming up, you know, it's been coming up for the last years and, you know, it's continued coming up. So there is different versions of music and vinyl is one of those items that is, you know, it's very cheap to produce, but, you know, so the market that you take, the, uh, that you take of gaining out of it, the profit that you make, at least for the band, is, is quite good. I mean, you're not selling, you know, millions of those. I mean, you're probably going to end up selling hundreds of thousands, depending on, on who you are. But that uh, gives you a nice incentive, you know, and lets you become more proud of your craft, you know, uh, you know be, seeing your music, you know, tangible uh, and, and being something that you can keep and, and take with you. Gilbert, you've given me an idea. And this, this podcast is all about ideas. I love ideas. The idea is that those classic episodes, like this episode of a podcast, I offer my biggest fans a vinyl version so that they can keep it and the, the nostalgia of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> that could be great. I mean, it, it, uh, it, vinyl or podcasting. Mean, there is a lot of, like, like, like in my case, you know, I keep podcasts that I lost. I keep them on my hard drive and I back them up. Because, you know, there is a connection. And that's the other thing about music. You know, music is always, uh, you know, a psychological connection. You know, it's an emotional thing. You know, it connects with your psyche in a, in a different way than something else. So there is these different things, you know, that you do. And, and then you do for, your, for, for the music that you love and for the artists that you love. Like, there are specific I listen to a lot of music uh, and from all different parts of the world. But there are specific artists and there are specific editions of music that I just keep buying on different formats, you know, because I just love that, you know, and there is different ways to do it. I mean, uh, you saw Paul Newman's uh, phono uh, device, you know, it, it went nuts. I mean, they, these guys uh, made over $3 million in, in, in just a few weeks. Right. Uh, people are still, you know, connected to that sentiment and they really want to do it. So what we're doing is facilitating that transaction between the fan and the artist. You know, we're letting artists, you know, bring their content, bring their merch, bring their tickets or whatever it is, you know, closer to their fans. And we're letting fans, you know, discover new music, whether it is from Costa Rica, whether it is from Argentina, whether it is from Japan, whether it is from Indonesia, if it is from UK, if it is coming out of Newcastle, or if it is coming, I mean, it doesn't matter where it's coming from. Uh, the idea is that music, you know, it's universal and, you know, with YouTube being the number one streaming service for music in the world. I mean, there is a reason for that, and it's the free accessibility. Yeah, we, so, we, we claim that it's because it rains a lot over here that uh, we are spending all the time inside recording music and listening to music. So it's a very important part of the culture. We've had a lot of music. You know, we're getting towards the end, and I was thinking 
Um, how can people help? Uh, well, I guess we're where can they find um, the app? Uh, I know that you're just coming out of beta testing now and it should be in the app stores soon. Um, how can they best find it? Yeah, go to the app store or go to our website, leaf.fm. Uh, we are beta testing right now uh, and we're uh, very soon. I think by the time the, the show goes live, it's going to be in the app store. And, you know, the response so far, both from fans and from the artists, has been amazing. We just had our first uh, Leaf that is music festival here in Costa Rica. Uh, it was a record-breaking concert for the venue that we chose. Uh, you know, it's never been uh, uh, this such a amount of people and bands playing, and the sound was amazing. We're trying to do the same in the UK later this year, and we're going to be doing the same uh, in Dublin uh, uh, by the summit time. Uh, we we were invited to to uh, to present at the summit, so. Uh, we're we're planning to do something little a little bit you know it's not going to be anything fancy but you know we would like to bring people to these venues and listen to a little bit of different music. Uh, Leaf works for both mainstream and independent and emerging talent, but you know we would like to take the chance that to help to, you know to give a hand to to more emerging and independent ones so that we can get more people listening to that music mm-hmm. and helping them you know as we can with our platforms. So. You know, go to leaf.fm uh, or look it up at the App Store. Uh, we're launching on iOS first. Uh, Android will come soon enough, and, and then we're going to see how we, we, we develop from there. But, but yeah, I mean... Well, I'm going to download the app, and I'm going to um, uh, go and give it a five-star review as well when it goes live. Awesome. And I'm really looking forward to following the progress. And you know, when you come back to the well, when you come over to the UK, I would love to follow your progress and perhaps uh, have a, a more in-depth interview as well about uh, how, how it's going with the launch and uh, some of the things that you learnt during the the launch period and 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 how you're yeah. you're going. So. Um, how can be- how can people best reach out to you personally, Gilbert? What's the best way of getting in contact with you? Uh, you can uh, either tweet me at Samik, uh, S-A-M-I-Q, or you can you know just always reach out to email at Gilbert at Leaf.fm. Great. Well, Gilbert, uh, thanks for bearing with us with regards to the technology. Um, I, the show, the, unfortunately, the show has to come to an end because it looks like my bank is closing around me and uh, looking like they want to close the doors. <laughs> so uh, it's been really fun. What an interesting uh, episode! Uh, completely inspired. I really want to come over to Costa Rica. Ironically, I might next time we chat. Maybe I'll be in Costa Rica and you'll be in the UK. <laughs> so <laughs> that would be good for you, and it will be probably be good for me. No, but I mean, I invite everybody to follow their dreams. I mean. It's difficult to, to leave aside your comfort zone, especially if you're making a good paycheck on and on. But it's also a good way to, to shake things up, you know, and prove yourself what you're made of. And you can, you know, uh, meet, you know, learn of the world and, you know, get to know the world a little bit better. I mean, life is too short to spend it, you know, on a cubicle or somewhere else. Yes. I, I, uh, ironically, yeah. I'm calling you from uh, what looks like there's a lot of cubicles around here, so it's inspiring me in what I do, and everyone's looking at yeah. me rather strangely, and, and who's this guy <laughs> podcasting from this bank? Um, but it, it just reminds me that, yeah, there is... But it, just, it talks to, to our potential, you know, it talks to what we are capable of doing. And, and, and we're living on a very interesting time, you know, where you, your laptop... Uh, 
and yourself can just go around the world and make a living out of it, you know, and follow your dreams. And you never know, you know, how far they can go. The worst thing that can happen is that, you know, you learn a little bit of the world, you experience the world, you get tanned by doing it, uh, and, and and you can go back to, to your old life if, if that's what you want, which probably won't happen because you will find that there's so much potential outside uh, in the sun or in the shadows, but uh, but you can do it. And you know we have a, a great potential in our hands right now. I don't know how long it's going to last, but but I'm sure it's going to last for many years to come. So. Well, that's a, that's a great place to leave it, Gilbert. Thanks ever so much for joining us on the App Guy podcast. And uh, it's been wonderful having you. You're welcome back anytime. And uh, good luck with everything going on at leaf.fm. Leaf uh, I'd encourage the apps to tribe to go and uh, check out leaf.fm. Or if you, you're struggling to find that, which uh, I don't think you will, but uh, you could always go to the appguy.co and search for the episode. Uh, it's 120 of the App Guy podcast. Uh, with Gilbert Corrales. Um, thanks, Gilbert. Wonderful to talk to you and all the best. Thanks, Paul. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast.